Hello and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 3, Episode 2, Clifford's Really Big Movie. We are a podcast that navigates 10 movies of a similar actor or subject, um, but first, I'm Denali. I am Ryan. I'm Jace, and if I was a dog, I don't know what dog I would be. Thanks, you Jace. That was... <laughs> no, one, no one asked uh, what dog, <laughs> but let's, let's think about this. Um, <laughs> so we're going here real early. We're going here. Now we, now we got to go here. Um, I think I would be like a German Shepherd. They seem like they're mm-hmm. kind of... Really? Not be a German Shepherd. I would be a German Shepherd, man. They're, they're... Are you kidding me? <laughs> Tanali'd be the fucking Chihuahua. Dog? Like a I'd be a work... working dog. <laughs> Tanali'd be a dog. And he'd be like, "What's it doing? It's in the backyard looking at a wall." Like <laughs> German Shepherds. Okay, you know, I wouldn't be working from the police, but they're very smart dogs that could be trained to do complex tasks. Yeah, trying to get you to do anything is like pulling your own fingernails. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, what what sh- what would I be then? Like, um, like one of those small nervous dogs. Yeah. Like a, like <laughs> like a pug or honestly, you I could pug, see yeah. French bulldog. That's not bad. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, because okay, you, you can teach. I've seen a lot of like French bulldogs ride skateboards, and I feel yeah. like oh, that's, that's in line cool. with what you're talking. You know, like, but also they're like they're pretty chill. Yeah, they're chill dogs chill bros that could learn things and they're kind of trendy so maybe I'm, I mean, I'm happy with that and they yeah. scream oh yeah i'm a screamer okay ryan what do you what do you think you're gonna be that's i i don't know I, this this question was sprung on me <laughs> i was not thinking about well jay said he didn't know there's no pressure yeah oh okay um you know i had a bernice mountain dog that i loved oh like huge yeah yeah really really loved it uh he was totally chill he just sat around the house wasn't really mountain e so I think something in that direction, I like to be, do stuff outside. Uh, yeah. I like the cold rather than the heat. So I think maybe a thick coat. Burmese so mountain there. Dog. Yeah. Don't they lay down like huge dumps? Yeah. You have to use, oh, like, a right to... there. Right there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Burmese, that's a pretty good pick. Burmese, Jace, now... I think, not Burmese. I think a Burmese, Burmese. is more like a jungles. I, Bur- is it from Burma? Are they from Burma? No, I think it's Bernice. I think it's like Bernice, not with an M. Makes sense. I don't know why a jungle dog would be in a huge coat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jace, you've had some time to think about it. What do you think you'd, what dog you'd be? Oh, I wasn't thinking about the question at all. <laughs> I was thinking about the dogs that you guys would be. Okay, well, let's do it. So um, let's say. Let's okay, say. Okay. So Jace is a troublemaker. Yeah, he is. He's a bad boy. But not the bad boy of the podcast, but he is a bad boy. Fair. So, is there a dog species that gets into like a lot of trash? Oh yeah, oh. yeah um, I'm a little bit of a a boxer. Maybe I think Jace is the boxer. Oh. He's got a lot of energy. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got short hair. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is that boxer, the dog with the long of... face though? I don't want that one. No, it's, oh, no. it's snub nosed but tall. Yeah, oh. Jace is like a a whippet. You know those ones that weigh like twenty pounds, but they're like four feet tall. And uh, they, they, they go at like 75 miles an hour. Okay, a whippet. That's a, not a bad one for me either. They're, but they're more nervous you know? Like, and they like to wear coats. What's a whippet versus a... What's the difference between a whippet and a greyhound? I think whippets are not as fast, obviously. Yeah. And I think and they're smaller. Greyhounds are buses. So there is a big yeah. difference there, yeah. too. Okay. Um, 
I like Great Danes too. They look similar oh, to a Whippet, but they're big, fat, and also like, eh. yeah, similar to boxers in a way. But one thing about Great, da- great Danes, uh, they die very, eight. yeah, oh, very short lived. Yeah, which no, there is a Marmaduke live action movie that is. There's a non-zero chance of us seeing this season. It's true. Well, and Matthew McConaughey is Hank the Cowdog. And I tried He's to get you guys to watch it, and you <laughs> didn't want to watch it. Oh, my God. So we have... Okay, so now there, there's a chance we can see that, because now we're in a dog season coming off our McConaughey. I think it's a podcast, live reading, like a reenacted podcast. Ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, um, before we get started today, guys, um, I, I want us to run through some of our decision-making skills. We need to, we need to get better at, at making... Um, and making decisions you know we got to exercise that skill again so i'm going to pull up the would you rather uh would you rather generator here oh and we're going to get better at this at making split decisions that are intelligent okay. and forward thinking no i want to go reactionary Boom, you want to go reaction you want to okay good decision you're gonna train we, that we that do need to like measure our baseline mm-hmm. and see okay. if, like are we actually bad or was it just bad luck right because we use the clicker wheel but one of us, I don't know who, did choose to put the Clifford thing on there. Um, also, somebody read the name off, and the person that we're talking about who put it on the clicker wheel just kind of, like, does random things that pops into his brain, so... I think I, I did tell Jace to put it up there. <laughs> and then Jace just did. <laughs> and I didn't think he would. Let's go to the Would You Rather generator. Let's, let's, just, let's just run through a couple of these um, so we can, we can get better. We can, we can get good at, at picking okay. stuff. So, uh, first, Would You Rather question. Uh, would you rather have a lightsaber or have a helper monkey? Go. Have a lightsaber. Well, what? That's not even a question. Like, you can have a monkey. Like, Wait, Jake, right did you now. say lightsaber? Yes. Yeah. Or have a helper monkey. Yeah, but you can literally have one of those right now. I could so, like, kill that's... somebody who has a helper monkey with my lightsaber and take their <laughs> helper monkey. So you will need a helper monkey once you chop your limbs off with your own lightsaber. That is true. I would pretty much only it. use it pointed directly away from me like this. Okay, ah! ah! <laughs> so I think you cracked this question right open. Because, um, you know, once you introduce the concept of murder to any of these questions, I think you could have both. Um, that's very good. I think a helper monkey could be valuable in helping me steal a lightsaber from like a high-tech Elon Musk lab. No, like he can climb into the vents. You think they think of that already? Monkeys robbing high-tech labs? Happens all the time. One of these directions is easier to go than the other. The... Having a lightsaber, killing a man with a monkey, or training a monkey to crack safes and climb into a top-secret facility. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Armageddon question. Is it easier to train <laughs> astronauts or drillers? <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Uh, Ryan, are you also picking lightsaber? Yes. This is nonsensical. We know, though, Ryan, from that question that you just posed, that it is easier, in fact, to train drillers because the only astronaut on that team got space dementia and tried to kill them all. He, he did. He did, so. <laughs> also, that was uh, Steve Buscemi being, like, a space psychologist, and I don't think space dementia is a real thing, so <laughs> I might, Oh, We, we Googled it on the episode. It was, it was definitely not... Um, but okay, let's 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 go to the next one. That, that was a good one. Lightsaber, and you can also see the results. Um, I think sixty-four percent pick lightsaber on this one. So good, good choice, guys. Um, this one's. Uh, would you rather own a horse in the city, or own a cat in the country? Own a horse in the city. 
What? No way. Well, are you crazy? What? Cat in the country is obvious. Like one of those things regularly happens for almost probably like half of all people that live in the country. Okay. Mm-hmm. Owning a horse in the city, you have to pay for stables and you have to go like see you it. Drive. Or my horse lets people ride on it and I make money from it. And I'm an entrepreneur. Oh. You're like one of those New York carriage guys who kind of like takes people around Central Park. That's an entire lifestyle. Like you have to like. Yeah. You gotta wear a top hat. I chose my pick choice chooser, and it's horse in the city. (laughs) (laughs) I would. I've done cat in the country, um, being from Alaska, and had a cat in the wilderness, and uh, it was great seeing him seeing him goof around. True. Um, Yeah, Oreo did that. Great. So okay. Um, let's go to the next one here. I don't want to. I don't want to take up all our time, but I, I think we're we're on a good streak. Now, would you rather be a wizard or be the king of England? <laughs> wizard. Wizard. <laughs> this, one of these obviously sucks. Like there was just an Oprah special on how much it sucks to be part of the royal family. And also, if you're a wizard, you could probably make yourself the king of England. Okay, we're introducing murder again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what gets me is you know the King of England isn't a great job because Merlin probably could have just bodied King Arthur anytime. Like, like, go ahead, kid. But why didn't he? Being the king sucks, dude. You gotta sign taxes and probably boring. He just wants to do wizard shit in his cave. And then, <laughs> you know, King Arthur's gotta, you know. I don't know what he's got to pull swords out of rocks. Okay, let's do let's do one more, one more. Okay, and, and I think eighty one percent said be a wizard. Are you shitting me? Like, why why would you not? Want... Yeah, okay. <gasps> would you rather slam your hand in every door or fall down every flight of stairs? <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jesus fuck. Um... <laughs> certain point slamming uh, into every door door becomes better because like it's not going to kill you yeah but like let's say you're in some like large tower i can't go to the pyramid fall down every flight of stairs is that every flight of stairs in existence or every one you see is it every door in existence (laughs) every door that has ever existed you every door you pass through or so then I would go in and out of, of windows. Yeah. Because if you could modify your lifestyle to avoid things, I think it's easier to avoid maybe doors than stairs. Well, not every building has stairs. Yeah, they have elevators. You could use elevators and you could use ramps. What would also be annoying is like, you know, if you're in like a movie theater or if like a, a store has like a walk up with like four steps, like you're talking to your friends like, oh, hang on, guys. I've got to fall down these and, you know, you like tumble four stairs every fucking time. Well, in an ADA compliant world. Right. This wouldn't be nearly as big of a problem. Yeah. Like I would if I had this curse, I would probably try to apply and be like, hey, I have a curse where I fall down every stairs. I need to have ramps like at least everywhere I go. This is an example of where our instinct was wrong when we really think about it. So we were me and Jay's both said doors. Right. I'd rather slam my hand in doors. I'm going with stairs. 
you could also you could apply for maybe like an ADA thing with the doors thing and make all doors squishy when you when you slam your hand at them. Because you have to slam, you have a mental disorder where you have to slam your hand as hard as you can in the door. That would curse. require everybody making like a change that would only benefit you. I'll, I'll, you're never going to get everything ADA in every house, though. So it kind of bars you from a lot of a never lot going of places. upstairs. Then we're going to second floors. Yeah. Do you want to go upstairs? Okay. Really? Dumb. I love I love escalators, and I pray to God they don't Ooh, they don't count that those counts as stairs. stairs. You're That's supposed to stairs. You're supposed to walk down it. You're not supposed to stand on it. It's supposed Thank to you, accelerate James. you. It's it's not a ride. <laughs> Or uh, what about those? What about those flat escalators in airports? You're supposed to just stand on those. Those are like not stairs. Movie, right? And no. But you just you stand, so you don't have to walk. That's a belt system. Yeah, that's not. A... Okay, I think we got this one cracked open. And let me just let me cl let me click to see what the audience picked. So I are we agree with fall down every flight of stairs as no, the most preferable option. Wait, we we can each pick our own, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I thought know. we were all unanimous. Okay. What? So I'll I'll pick door. I'm gonna pick hand. Hands? Stairs. Okay. Well, fifty-two percent said slam your hand in every door. That is a tight margin. Bunch it's of morons. Barely one. Um, okay. Well, I think I think we got a good um, we got we got a good sense of instinct now. Um, are you guys feeling pretty good after that? About what? About your decision making ability. Oh yeah. A solid. Oh, to be fair, I felt good about it before this, so. <laughs> I made all my decisions yeah. as quickly as I did to put Clifford on the picker wheel. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so and before we begin our, our Clifford review here, we should probably just uh, preface this by saying this this review is, is not for kids. Um, we dropped a couple F-bombs earlier, so maybe I should have said this earlier. Um, so kids who typed Clifford into the podcast thing, uh, please turn this podcast off. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of cussing in it. It will have the explicit tag. Um, and yeah, but they could think that E is E means like everyone, you know? Okay. So let's, well, I'm let's not a parent to every million children. So if their mm. parents are allowing them to search podcasts that are explicit, then they're raising them wrong. Yeah, we can also just put a disclaimer saying, Hey, kids, this is... This is Krabby the Clown. I'll kill you if you listen to this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's explain why we why we're watching Clifford for for those for those people who uh, maybe are jumping in on this episode. Um, for our season three, we are inhabiting the doghouse of woof. the movie mansion. Woof woof, doghouse time. We're watching ten movies about dogs. Now we picked. <laughs> Clifford on our Wheel of Chaos, which is kind of like a Wheel of Fortune thing, um, and, and it selected Clifford as the next movie for us to watch, which is why we're watching Clifford's really big red movie. Yeah, so we did do what we, we we are doing a Clifford review, guys, and you know let's let's give this movie let's do this movie justice. Let's 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 play this straight and give give it the review it deserves. Uh -huh. You you're you're making a lot of inflammatory comments before this review starts it's... without even knowing my opinion on it. It sounds like you're planning on shitting on it I'm, for the I'm next not planning 45 on minutes. On anything, man. It sounds like you're gonna take a big Clifford Dookie all over this movie. I mean okay. how do they fucking clean that? Yeah, like, wasn't that kind of implied? Like 
Yeah, it was he heavily implied. Like, He's like, wink, oh, he guys, I've got something. Yeah, I've I've got something to say. Okay, Jace, you got the, you got the synopsis this week, don't you? I do. Yeah, you want to just start us off so we can get into Clifford's big red movie? Sure. All right. This week we watched Clifford's really big movie, 2004 production, our first animated movie of the podcast. Oh, that's true. I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Clifford is a really big dog. Really fuck huge giant, uh, estimated to weigh 85 tons, 170,000 pounds. Um, half the size of a blue whale for, for those. And I have something to talk about later with that. But, uh, in this movie, we're introduced to Clifford early on, uh, running around town and his owner, Emily Elizabeth, um, just really great. Um, uh, Clifford lives with his family in a doghouse that's probably bigger than my home itself. He's really got it going on. But they go to a, uh, there's a circus visiting their island. And Clifford goes to the circus and they see a, the amazing animals act. And uh, in this act, the owner or the, the, tra- the tamer, trainer, Friend of these uh, this ne'er do well group of animals that features a cow, a ferret, and two dogs. Uh, they do this really cool stunt scene, and Clifford is like, "Ah, oh, man, that looks like a lot of fun." And they get they get a poster from him. He gets a poster and says that you could earn, you could compete in this talent show, and you can win a lifetime supply of food. Huh. And Clifford. I believe it's after this, goes home, goes to sleep for the night with a poster, and he's like, oh, that's really cool. And the neighbor, undercover DEA agent, is investigating the father of the Howard family, Mm -hmm. Mr. Howard, and he says, so how do you afford to feed that dog? Because he sees Emily Elizabeth taking wheelbarrows out of food, and he's dumping them in. And he's like, oh, you know, I love it. He's like, but how do you, how can you afford to feed that dog? Just member of the IRS, just <laughs> trying to get him for tax fraud. He's <laughs> like, what, what, are you, what are you doing, Mr. Howard, to be able to feed that dog? And uh, unfortunately, Clifford only comes in on that later part of this conversation, and he, he hears kind of one-sided from the neighbor, Horace Bleakman, that, you know, he's, he's a trouble, and that he's costing the family a lot of money um so he runs off in an emotional state because he knows that he's he's harming his family by being there and he's eating too much and he knows that if he wins the talent show he could win free food for life he runs off and mr howard says no he's part of the family i'd feed him no matter what i will tell you guys later how much money he would feasibly have to spend to feed that dog every day for a year um (laughs) we'll get into that uh so clifford goes off he runs he he swims with his two companions um whose names i'm forgetting cleo and t-bone cleo and nice ryan nice Nice. uh he swims from the island of the mainland and attempts to uh catch up with the circus and makes the land and realizes that nobody that's not from this island has ever seen a dog this big and causes a godzilla moment uh catches up with Mm. the circus kind of gets into a bunch of um you know hijinks acme-esque hijinks with the circus as they move towards competing in this talent show uh they win it and the Lawful evil businessman that owns the Kibble Corporation makes the 
man who entered these animals into the talent competition sign a contract without reading it, which meant that he could steal Clifford for his daughter. We get into a kidnap scenario. The ferret was upset that Clifford joined the crew, was taking his starlight away from him, so he was okay with it to begin with. And he found out a that lot of Clifford had a family. Lines, There's a yeah. lot of intertwining plot lines. And then we get to the point where um, they he, he's, he realizes that the tamer, the circus man, knows that Clifford has a family, and he hatches a, a plot to get him back. And they go on a Mission, in mission Impossible-style mission to rescue Clifford before calling Emily Elizabeth, having her come, and the young girl who stole Clifford away gives her back because she's actually a good person. There's a lot of shit in this movie. Clifford runs away, and then he gets found, was, and he competes in a was, talent show. That was good, good shit, Jace. You, you, you fleshed that out better than I, I definitely could have, so... Well done. Let's let's crack into it, guys. Does anybody have like an introductory thought? Because yeah. I kind of have a topic I want to talk about. When did Clifford get big, and yes. did they remove his balls before or after he got? Yes, large? thank you, Jace. Okay, because okay, I don't know how they remove. I don't. I don't want to get gross, but like, how did? I don't know how they do it. His balls are probably as big as like a fucking truck, right? Yeah, how big man. is Clifford? Well, he's 85 tons. Boy. He's 25 feet tall. That's big boy. That's gigantic. And then, so there. This is a, a a city that's shaped like a. It's Bone Island, right? Like it's the the island is shaped like a bone, right? And then, it is. I missed that. Yeah. There was there was something that happened on this island to give dogs some kind of latent abilities because Clifford's huge and super strong and hyper intelligent. Oh. He could fucking read. Okay, no one talks about that. Um, all the other dogs have have like a really strong like communication abilities. Um, there's a Chihuahua that can lift a lot of weight, dude. I thought that was fake weights he was doing like as like a, a press, and it dropped through the floor. It was hundreds of pounds, and that those, was never explained. So, okay, so those dogs yeah. are from the mainland. Okay, Clifford so this is, is a one-off. Clifford grew. In this universe, all yeah. dogs are intelligent okay. and can speak to each other in English and can apparently read because there's one point where, you know, the ferret is actually, it's not a dog, but the ferret was reading the poster. So the, the only thing that's special about Clifford in this universe compared to other animals is his size. And that's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> are there other animals in the Clifford universe? Right. That are also gigantic. It is canonically known that Clifford only grew to the size that he did because of the love of Emily Elizabeth. So if Aww. you are able to output as much love per square meter as Emily Elizabeth, mm. you could feasibly create a giant animal of any subtype. Okay, so, that is scary. There's yeah. an implication there. Imagine that. if the government got a hold of that knowledge. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a dog. I don't think the government could output any amount of love. <laughs> well, right. What if they get this girl? Killing. No, yeah. seriously. What if they figure this out and yeah. they want to use it for elephants, rhinos? Those are already know, big. Cheetahs, lions. What if they? What if there's an like an, a PG thirteen Clifford right. movie? Where the government gets her 
and tries to like MK Ultra her into loving these animals a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. She has a psychic ability where she, whenever she loves something, she causes like a cellular growth rate yeah. to happen to these things. To really this get is huge. It's an X Men. She's an this, X Men. Yeah, she this is. Oh our, my God. Oh, this is one of our superheroes. Oh my God. She makes rats giant because she's one of the deli dudes and they're definitely rats in our deli. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's in New York. They got tons of rats. One of there. those things. Okay. I did remember watching like a Kurzegasat, I don't know how to pronounce like those those YouTube videos where the, the smart British guy explains things with cartoons. And I saw like if you make a mouse like really large, as big as an elephant, they said because of the way the mouse disperses heat, it'll like explode or like it'll burn itself out just because it's designed to kind of keep heat in. Um so you have to think about that, like animals that could get big. Right. And that's why So she bombs people with rats that she turns huge with her love? Well, like giant spiders and stuff, they would actually like suffocate, right? Because right. The, they get a air through their joints, and the volume of air that you need to breathe, like mm -hmm. I don't know, cubes or whatever, for every time you literally get twice as big, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. We have to pick an animal that maybe can be weaponized and doesn't necessarily have to be alive. Like, let's say you make you make a crab thousand oh, God. feet tall and just drop that's it out the of the lobsters. plane <laughs> what if that's guys that's how they make oh. the giant lobsters not the nuclear weapons it's because the love the bostonians give them there's a, they kidnap the girl from the cliff okay so our del our lobster king movie might have to take place in the clifford universe the i lobsters. think the clifford universe needs to be in the deli dudes universe I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all the same universe. This yeah. is all the GBGB's verse that we're all uh, we're, we're putting so we together. So we should probably explain people uh, once again. We should explain what exactly we're talking I about. I mean, we pitched Lobster Cane in like two or three episodes now. If you guys don't know what Lobster Cane is by now, you know you guys <laughs> gotta watch the town or, or whichever episode we did. <laughs> it's our superhero movie where a band of superheroes with really terrible superpowers fight off a wave of mutated lobsters mm -hmm. invading from the atlantic ocean mm -hmm. there you go that's it in miami of great. course because florida man yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense um why is the island shaped like a bone was there like like in my head there was like this big war like the bone wars or something where something crazy happened and there's like radioactive fallout leading to all these animals developing um these abilities and clifford being huge and red. There's no red dogs either. Like, why is he red? Right? There's no red dogs. I have to think about this. No, there isn't. Mm. Well, I was thinking, this is going back. I'm kind of ignoring your point, Denali. Okay. What, What's new? What happens when Emily Elizabeth grows up and mm -hmm. wants to start a family? Don't you think she's oh, going to love no. her child oh, as no. much as she loved this dog? So, big baby. Really big baby. And then that baby's gonna be a huge man. So there's yeah. a sequel here where it's this has the world's sequel material largest all man. Anything she she doesn't love her parents that much then. Apparently not. Well Ryan, no, they weren't growing, you know. Ryan is Nikola Jokic from yeah. the Denver Nuggets. Jokic, yeah. Jokic, is he Mary Elizabeth's or is he Emily Elizabeth's child? That dude is huge. <laughs> <laughs> 
He didn't grow as big as Clifford, though. Like, she, he, Clifford's 70 feet tall, and this dude's, like, 7 feet tall or something. I think there's an awkwardness with with um with Clifford's owner, because, like, if people find out about this ability and see how big things grow, they can get a direct correlation of how much she loves them. Like, you know, her husband's maybe, like, 10 feet, child's, like, 20 feet. Clifford's still, like, 80 feet, so, like, the child's, like, what the fuck, you know? It has to occur- two kids. Oh, yeah, and one gets yeah. way bigger. Oh, shit. And, like, what if the kid's, like, taller by an inch and you can't tell if that's for genetic reasons or because she loves him more? Yeah. Shit. There's a great drama coming from this. This could be, like... to do with Clifford. You could, you could, like, make... I mean, like, just imagine... I know... Um, what uh, David, and the, David and the Goliath, right? Mm. The G- Goliath isn't that big... He's only supposed to be like seven and a half feet tall, right? But sometimes, That's it. but sometimes they they make him huge, you know? They yeah. make him giant. And Emily Elizabeth has this power that's been historically, you know, like known back through like the Olympians' age, where mm-hmm. you know there are a bunch of giants somewhere, and it's just this lady who's oh, been yeah. cursed, and she loves all her kids, and they grow up to be huge, and everyone's like giants. Ah! What? They now, could be a thing going back to ancient times, yeah. I mean, they could lock her in a room and be like, love this tank. Love this tank. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, you she have can't to, replicate. You okay. have to be, it has to be, I think it has to be a certain age. It's got to be over time, but it's got to be while it's growing. Let's, you could, you could maybe pay her a salary and be like, hey, we'll give you, you know, a hundred grand a month. You just, just love this tank for like five years. And we'll it's add It's a baby to it. tank. But you gotta believe it's a baby. So she's in the tank factory and they're building it really slow. And she's developing love for it. And then it grows to be a thousand feet tall. And they'll have her, you know, they're like, love this this bomb we're building in front of you. And I then think, I think we have reached the, the logical <laughs> limit of Listen, this. It, yeah. Anime it'll, it'll, save, it'll save money on material costs. You know how much fucking steel costs? Now you you have you have an ability to make steel big. You could make cities tiny, like have a guy build a tiny model city, and then have her love it and big big instant that, city. I think you're talking about a completely different physical process. What are you? Talking? You're talking about she the generation. No, you're talking about the generation of matter. We're talking about like uh, something a dog getting really big by eating a lot when it's a puppy. She loves Earth. The planet Earth and is an environmentalist. Earth gets huge, swallows the sun. <laughs> okay, Denali gets a separate superhero that can love inanimate objects and make them grow. Okay, that is like a. I, I read that on Ripley's Believe It or Not because there's there's a guy who like fell in love with a bicycle or something. <laughs> like, oh yeah, there was a lady who fell in love with like like a train different... station. Yeah, yeah, it was like a concept or like. I love this copy of Time Cop 2, or, like, the concept of Time Cop 2, I'm marrying. <laughs> Which, I don't, you know, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yums, like, you do you. But that, that is, I think that's what, you know, Emily Elizabeth could have. You know, where she, she can love anything. Yeah. That's fair. It's wrong, anyway, but it's fair. Clifford, we should probably... <laughs> okay, probably talk wait, about um, I do, I, we're on a, we're on a good line here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Animals in this universe 
should be the dominant species. They can understand humans and they can communicate yes. to each other. Humans cannot understand animals. The animals can read and are shown to be dexterous. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they did use they a hanger as a grappling hook, but like, it's um, they're very intelligent to the point where they can communicate with humans too. Because you know the the uh, the circus owner, he's talking to the ferret like he's a person. The ferret's like moving his hands and shit and showing him stuff. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like humans are the animals. Yeah, we can only talk to ourselves. And like dogs and our like the real world oh, can yeah. only talk to each other. But Clifford can talk to ferrets. He can talk yeah. to like yeah, he can talk to other things. Maybe m- maybe it kind of caps out. Maybe like, you know, these animals are intelligent and they can and they can use the tools, but they're not gonna be doing any chemistry or or mm-hmm. mathematical processes. So it's it's like you know, a dolphin situation where they're really smart socially. Yeah. Maybe they don't give a fuck about physics. And maybe that's the smarter way to live. True. You don't know, gotta do math. Let the dumb, you know, humans take care of that and give you food. Oh, yeah. this, that's literally the plot of Hitchhiker's Guide, isn't it, though? <laughs> the first two <laughs> chapters. Do uh, you remember that talent show scene in this movie where, you know, these animals are doing actually amazing tricks? Like, yeah lifting huge weights and then the extreme you know cool surfer skater dude like the dog the wiener dog does like a sick ramp trick and does a bunch of flips and explodes and all the kids are like oh yawn and they like walk out and i'm like are you shitting me that was sick yeah it doesn't make sense at all when you look at it like that like yeah this or there's a cow on a tight tightrope, yeah. like a hundred feet in the air and like a, a a rat's like juggling on top of it i'd be like I would be losing my mind. Yeah, they have. The uh, they're not impressed. Survives. Yeah, because they have think, universal health care in this universe. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think that's <laughs> fancy world. I think that ultimately, a lot of our qualms with the logic of this movie can actually be explained mm-hmm. when we realize that there's two types of kids' movies. Right? There's kids' movies. And then there's kids' movies. Right. This was definitely a kids' movie. Yeah. Like, like I knew it from the... I didn't realize this kind of going in. I thought it was going to be like a kids' movie. Where you're like, oh, I sometimes watch, you know, kids' Disney movies or whatever. But literally the opening credits said, a Scholastic Entertainment movie. It's like, oh. Dude, Scholastic is, is the book fairs, man. Book fairs were lit as hell. Book right, fairs are but, lit. But like... Kids, kids books. Yeah. Like, it was, it's made for, you know, preschool age kids, as I read in the description, um, which is why it has this kind of feverish, like, strange quality to the lines and the logic of the yeah, movie, right? Exactly. And we probably can't judge it with our adult brains too well. Like, this might be Citizen Kane of three year old movies, and we have no idea. I think that's where this episode is going to ultimately end up going. <laughs> I I think it was pretty smart. I think uh, as an adult watching this, if you had a kid, mm-hmm. this would probably, if I had a child, this would probably be like a movie that I would gun for. There, yeah. there, there aren't, uh, there aren't uh, maybe, I guess, when you say the, the kids versus kids movie, like a lot of kids movies have, you know, that tar- the targeted humor towards adults and say there are a lot mm-hmm. of things that are, that are over the head of children. Yeah, I would say, like yeah this movie would be like, 
Yeah, I'd be like, oh, how big's his balls? <laughs> and then the kids wouldn't understand it. And then, you know, the adults would wink at each other. And this didn't really, this Clifford's really big movie didn't have that. But it yeah. wasn't, watching it, I'm, I was surprised that it wasn't all, like, really dumb. There's, right. like, a lot of emotional breadth to it that, like, the characters were going what? through. And some, like, enough logic that you were like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And there's actually a few scenes that were very good. Um, the scene where PT is trying to get the guy who runs the little uh, animal mm, show yeah. to, to like get out of the circus. It's an it's a actual conversation between two adults that really makes sense. It does. Like, yeah. Man, if you if this show like we have to meet certain numbers and you're not reaching those numbers and. You want three more weeks, but I've given you three years. And so I just don't see why there's a reason why I need to spend all this overhead keeping you here when, you know, you're not helping me meet my budget. It's like, yeah, what was that doing in there? And it was it was kind of compelling. Yeah, like, it's a compelling PT, argument. That's for yeah, us. He was not a bad guy. No, he was trying to give him a chance because he was like, all right, I'll give you this chance. I'm going to regret it. But, you know, I know you need this bus and you need these animals. And I was like, holy fuck, like, are the are yeah, three-year-old's gonna pick up on this but i think it teaches compassion and emotional intelligence because there's another scene where the ferret for example is being a dick to clifford because he's jealous mm -hmm. and the cow is like oh don't worry about him he's he means well he's just a bit insecure and they kind of talk about that and it's another way to for three-year-olds to look at you know people who are being mean to them or something i, I don't know like i think there was some layers here that um i didn't think would be in a movie like this was not expecting it and uh, I'm like reading reviews for it um, on on its like page here, and like one of the one of the things was like charming and harmless nap while your kids enjoys, and like that's kind of the vibe I get from these, where it's just like turn it on. It's probably gonna be boring for adults, but kids are gonna like it. I expected it to be way worse. I expected it to be Dora the Explorer type. Oh, you know? what color is Clifford? <laughs> I really did. I when it said scholastic entertainment, I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> this was yeah. um scholastic. Rolled the dice on the kids. Yeah, they were like, "You know what? We're gonna take you on a narrative. We're not gonna hold your hand, man. We're gonna show you people with problems, real world problems that you're gonna have to deal with, kids." All right, Jace, go ahead. Um, I don't. I don't think I can. Fall. Uh, the. The one of my favorite parts was this um, said it a little bit earlier, the absolutely lawful, evil businessman who has a very strict code of trying to do absolutely whatever he can to make his daughter happy. So mm -hmm. creates a binding contract to steal Clifford the Big Red Dog after their group wins the... Yeah, that might not be the right way to say it. But, you know, finagles his way into getting the owner, the, the circus man to sign the paper to steal Clifford. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, his daughter goes, if he's got an owner, we got to give him back. And the, the guy's like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and he rips up the contract. And he's like, "Y'all run, y'all won fair and square," and it's what my daughter says. And it's like he's very obviously willing to screw people over to better himself and get what his daughter wants. But it's like very strict set of ethics and code. And it was like, what the hell? He's yeah. a psychopath businessman, and you know? it doesn't make sense really when you 
think about with any sort of adult logic. And this is kind of where the, the movie broke down the whole, that whole premise in the last yeah. act. Like that contract is hogwash, you guys. Oh boy, here comes Ryan with his contract. While I was waiting for this. <laughs> Can you that, not do that? Well, you not shove a paper in front of someone giving autographs and have them accidentally sign yeah, it. And you're like, to explain, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. He okay. The guy thought he was signing an autograph for someone, and it was a contract. Um, putting your name on a piece of paper doesn't mean anything. Okay. Let's be let's be real. In fact, like you could have the same contract and write up all the terms and then like hold up the person and say, do you agree? And mm -hmm. they say, yes, I've read this and I agree. And you can orally say that and it could be uh, binding. The only difference is that there's one set of laws called the uh, statute of frauds. And it's usually it applies to a very narrow set of things. Um, doesn't apply to animals. So you could have had an oral contract. Uh, it's just kind of weird. Like, uh, it doesn't really make sense why the owner would instantly give up. Like, oh, he got me. He got me to sign that contract. The owner doesn't be like, oh, I actually didn't mean to sign that. So I'm not going to let you take the dog. Hmm. Hey, that's interesting. A similar theme to Airbud, where an owner, uh, the dog is, you know, yeah. reverse of the, the, the dog's owner wanted the dog back, but... Um, you know, did no work to find it. In this case, Emily Elizabeth was looking for him. So as yeah. we've previously established, in any one of the states that has laws about it, she could be like, I was actively looking for the dog, which means that yeah, it's, it's mine. How often is dog law going to come up? Like, a lot. When we, when we watch, like, Homeward Bound or something, is there going to be a random court scene that we don't remember from when we were kids? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, Ryan, because when I, when that scene came up, I was like, how many times are we going to get a scene where it's like, that's my dog? And then the dog like runs to like, you know, I think a lot going back even to our last seasons. There's a lot of law and legal stuff <laughs> in Hollywood movies that I have no idea why. Like, does Daredevil need to be a lawyer? No. Is he? Yes. Um, <laughs> I just don't quite get it. That's the daredevil thing is because, you know, normal people can't be superheroes and a lot of people can't be lawyers. <laughs> All these idiots that read these comic books. It's just well, mean. I mean. It's the, to be mean. The, da the daredevil lawyer thing, I think, you know, interesting dynamic, obviously, is, you know, he's doing something extrajudicial. Um, Lincoln lawyer. He's a bad, he's a lawyer, bad boy. Another lawyer, bad boy. Gone girl. He, he should get a lawyer. There's a lot of, yeah, we did do a lot of lawyers. Huh. I think it just, it just sneaks in there. Are we just going to watch like Marmaduke dog law? If like for the next movie, like he's just <laughs> Marmaduke goes to law school. When you, when you think, you know, it might be as simple as the reason that law is in a lot of movies is because it is kind of outside the regular person's um, kind of scope of their life and it's automatically like a thing you're like I know about the law and I know that dealing with the law can be hard and scary so anytime right. law is brought up at all in a movie whether or not it's right or not people are like oh which is obviously a name bullshit to you Ryan I think yeah. you have a good point yeah and just people thinking that the law doesn't make sense is a huge cause of concern like in movies like like 
oh, I accidentally signed this piece of paper and I didn't mean to give my dog away. Therefore, you have not. Like, <laughs> that literally is the answer. If you did not mean to do something, then you have not done it. Like, that is, we've That's been thinking only... about this for hundreds of years since <laughs> we've had, like, you know, the common law system. It, people think about problems and they think through them logically. They don't just grab a random line of text from a random statute and be like, well, this is it. We did not choose this law, and yet we must apply it. No, either someone wrote that, or we're going to just uh, go in fresh and see what makes like logical sense. And that's something that, if you kind of understand that, or at least if you explain that in a movie, it would take away all the suspense and like yeah. a deus ex machina type situation. Yeah. So I understand why they do it. I just didn't realize that it was happens so, so often. Happens every single movie. Yeah. Bit of an arcane field for people. Um, yeah. Will you ever use the decision in Clifford in one of your cases, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> I, I could be like, well, this reminds me of a movie called Clifford. Um, oh, yeah. I've had weird stuff cited. People have, like, cited the movie Dirty Dancing to me. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, like, yeah, seriously, like, watch this clip from Dirty Dancing and you'll understand what I mean. Uh, okay, I'll type in the URL, but I'm not going to give it, like, probative weight. That's hilarious. I, I was wondering, like, if they could use it, like, uh, maybe a dog witnesses a murder, and then you put, like, a stack of papers and say, like, not guilty and guilty, and be like, let the dog choose. <laughs> and then the dog will go, and they're like, I guess that's the yeah. law. And the villain hides a treat. Oh, yeah. In one of the stacks. But the hero hides like a, a, a the favorite shirt of the owner in, in the mm -hmm. other one so he has to choose between love or lust for the treat nah that's the same thing <laughs> anyways um i heard you say wait um i did some math this morning oh okay please yeah I'm, i was looking forward to this yeah go ahead yeah um my interest was piqued because of the initial scene where uh horace bleakman asks mr howard how do you uh, how do you get all that money to give that dog food? And I was like, how big is Clifford? And uh, somewhere online, the first answer that pops up is a redditor did some math and did height, weight, and estimated like about eighty five to eighty seven tons. So one hundred and seventy thousand pounds, as I said earlier. Oh my god, that's so heavy. <laughs> it's huge. It's ginormous. Uh, so that truck shouldn't have been able to pull the dog. Let's let's cover that right, right now. Um. I looked online, did some digging, found some recommended how much food should you give a dog. Um, and the, the, the peak that you get is four and a half cups for a hundred pound dog. And the, rec the recommendation is an extra third cup for every 10 pounds you go up above that. So uh, the recommended amount of food to feed Clifford in a day would be 5,657 cups of dog food. Okay. Um, which comes down to about 35 bags of dog food a day. 30, 40, 35, 40 pound bags of dog food. That's, That's a good amount. Right. That's, it's a good amount. The, with the, take, in, taking into account the median price for a bag of dog food, it is approximately $1,600 a day. Dang. For just food. Just for food. That's or $500. Eighty thousand dollars a year. There we go. 
to take care of this dog. So this is kind of like um, the Tiger King thing, where he's like, we don't know how to feed these tigers. They eat a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, they're fucking tigers. I didn't wow. know. Is that a thing in the Tiger King? Oh, yeah. They, like, do a bunch of shady stuff to get meat. Huh. Are they... Is the is Clifford's parents like um is he like a, a mobster or a drug lord and he feeds Clifford all of the victims and like rival gangs, um and that's and the guy next to him is like a DEA IRS agent in trying my, to figure out how he affords it. In my head canon, the neighbor Horace Bleakman has been working on the Clifford case for years, <laughs> and Mister Howard red because of the people he eats, it's <laughs> the blood. A half mil, half mil a year to feed. Half, yeah, and I've just, I can't imagine that he spends more than 50% of his salary on this dog. So we're talking this, we're talking, Mr. Mr. Howard's making something like $3 million a year, and he has to. I'm going to guess that it's shady. I think you have a point, because he has a dog that has enormous entertainment potential, because everyone's trying to exploit it, yet he doesn't utilize it for that. So he clearly has an income source where he doesn't even feel the, the, the need to do that, to pursue it like that. Mm-hmm. Plus he's living in Bone Island, which I'm assuming is just like a really sick, like, you know, offshore, like, community where it's like, you know, for rich people, it's like a suburb. Why does the circus yeah, go there? I imagine, like, um, I imagine San Juan Islands or like a Mata's Vineyard situation. Oh. Okay. Well, th- Jace, yeah. thanks for doing that calculation because I was literally thinking about that. <laughs> there's a scene where Clifford's like running away and he's like looking in the puddles right he's like hearing that conversation where he's like oh he eats a lot oh and then like there's that scene where he shows his the dad and he's like oh it doesn't cost that much I did have to mortgage my house it's like <laughs> the dude's like life's in shambles trying to get oh man you guys notice in the movie like I don't know if you guys noticed this but like it seemed like Clifford was changing his size a lot There'd be scenes where he's in the circus tent and he seems like he's maybe 10 feet tall and then he's walking through the city and he's like 800 feet tall. Yeah. I just, you know, it's it's consistency like that, you know, is just why our school systems are failing. Um, speaking of animation, I thought some of the animation was kind of beautiful. I agree. Oh, yeah. It was a good movie. I actually liked watching it. Like the fall scenes? I was like, I, I felt like a piece in my soul. Like when I saw like them riding a bike with the leaves and Clifford coming out and having a good time, I was like, this is nice. They did not cut. So when you think about the fact that the subject matter is Clifford, the big red dog, Mm -hmm. and he could occupy 50% of the screen or more, which in the animation style would just be Mm -hmm. blank red because the dogs are just a a flat tone. Um, The backgrounds in every scene are gorgeous. And I don't know if they were yeah. reused. Yuri said that they look exactly like the books. And they didn't cop out at all. In fact, like all of the scenes that have Clifford in them and they're outdoors have beautiful landscapes in the back that you can tell do. a lot of detail went into, which is just, which was kind of amazing to me. And a lot of the, the indoor scenes with just like one character actually ended up having a lot less detail. Like, um, there's a scene in Emily Elizabeth's room where it's like you can tell it looks like it was just like slapped on. But every mm-hmm. time they're outdoors, they definitely had somebody who was a specialist like painstakingly detailing these scenes. Pretty cool. great landscape artist. Yeah. And that with the really interesting soundtrack. Like, did you guys 
<laughs> yeah, soundtrack? there's a couple topics to ha- be had about the soundtrack. Like the crazy genre bending soundtrack. I mean, first of all, they probably had a custom band. Like they had bands playing like kind of pretty good pop songs about what's happening. Like they're like, go into the circus playing. I'm a big red dog. Like it was kind of catchy. I was like, damn, this this shit slaps. Yeah, there was just there was a lot of strange. Like I felt like I um, like, I don't know. I felt like I was in a dream. There's a lot of dream logic in this movie, just with the music and the animation. Yes. And, and the transitions made no sense. They did not. And that's one thing that made a kids movie rather than just a kids movie is that you can just be hanging out in the circus, practicing your backflips, and the next you're like in some other random place. <laughs> and <laughs> the conversation's totally switched, or like now you're in the middle of the competition. It was kind of rough in that regard. Mm. Yeah, but I did appreciate the runtime. Imagine yeah, it was a this, tight. Yeah, yes, seventy-four minutes. So imagine this as 120 minutes. Oh my lord. There would be riots in the streets. Like there this us. This is a we punchy... would be riding in the streets in 2021 yeah, would... about Clifford. I would be swinging my underwear over my head on top of the roof of my apartment still. Um if this was 2 hours long. I think by the end of the movie I was so starved for content like for me that like I was finding like I was just laughing at things like there was a scene where like the police chief he like the phone rings and he answers it with a sandwich he's like hello and I like couldn't stop laughing I like spit out okay. my drink I had an unironic laugh tally really <laughs> and I marked down a tally every time I unironically like giggled or snorted at a joke really um yeah how many tallies you got fourteen. Dang, wow. that's pretty good in a 70 minute that's movie. Pretty good. Which I think is more than the entire Matthew McConaughey season. In the comedies we watched. <laughs> and also, uh, I fell asleep during the last like 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, you I did do. I had to rewatch it today. I I got so close to falling asleep, guys. Because it, yeah. it like lulled me to sleep. By the and end, then I stood up to, to finish it. Because I think with the Clifford movie, my stress level, like the amount of cortisol in my veins, like just decreased so much. And I think Clifford has this some kind of weird analgesic, like, you know, stress relieving property that we don't actually fully understand. Because I think parents, it said multiple times in reviews that parents will fall asleep watching this movie. And I think we have some untapped. Oh God, here's a conspiracy theory. What if parents can't watch this movie and in the middle of the movie there's a, like a directed kids messaging like oh my god there's a string of unsolved murders across the u.s and people can't like uh the cops can't figure them out it's, it's like sinister that movie we watched together yeah. that was fucked up <laughs> where the bar ghoul comes out <laughs> yeah. so creepy i'm getting creeped out <laughs> I was thinking, like, they'll just say, like, buy more at the Scholastic Book Fair. So that Scholastic can oh, make I more money. It would be like, Instead of, like, kill your local elected leader. Before they wake up, send them to the long sleep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Read their blood, Turn. Clifford. <laughs> oh, there's red. Clifford is red. <laughs> you would think if they had that ability, they would use it on making profits. Like, just get a 
creating murders? <laughs> like, if you I had mind control, dark power, they get convinced to be murder. What <laughs> they say, go, go to the dark tower now. Oh, they go to the dark tower. That's how they get captured. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's <laughs> let's wrap this movie up, man. Like, okay. At the very end of the movie, when Clifford returns to town and it's like awesome, it's like awesome montage. There's a baker who like throws Clifford a huge biscuit and he's like, yeah, you're home. And the Clifford like bites it and runs off and they don't say thank you at all. And that cookie was as big as maybe a person and it was huge. And that baker probably took him multiple days and not a cheap amount of materials to make. And he's so excited about the dog, who's like kind of the mascot of the town. He's like, oh, this is my big moment. Yeah. He like throws it. And the dog doesn't even say hello. doesn't even actually look at him. Sees the tree, eats it, and just runs off. He's like, all right. <laughs> I'm so glad I spent a week making that. <laughs> I just thought that was just really inconsiderate. Huh. I think I think for the runtime for this, I mean, imagine if imagine if every time Clifford interacts with a different human being in this movie, there has to be like a like a character background and like a resolution to that character's story. You know, like it's a small business. This guy's he's in a baker outfit in like a small ground level bakery, and like he could have just said thanks, Baker Bob, and they, they kind of run out. Even, like, the owner didn't even say anything. She's, like, riding Clifford, like, ha-ha, yeah! Just high-fiving people. That's you know? how he affords all the food, is that the townsfolk have been oh. uh, slowly, you know, chipping in, and he's been taking advantage of all of them. It's like it's like a protection fee, like a, yeah. a fealty. And the neighbor comes over and is like, how do you feed that dog? Are you gonna say thanks every once in a while? <laughs> Now, neighbor, tread lightly when you talk to me like that. It set this dog loose in an instant. Yeah. Sick Bone boy. Island's going to turn into full of Bones Island. Keep fucking with this family. You guys want to get into reviews? Yeah, please. Um, um, it's tradition I, by this point for Jace to go first. Since this is um, Jace's, Jace's season, I mean, this he, he pitched the doghouse. So, Jace, do you want to start off with your... Your wolf meter or wag meter? What are we calling this? Wolfometer. I thought wolf we landed. Yeah. Wolfometer. I like I like wolfometer. Let's do that. Um Wolfometer. Wow. There's some pressure here. Clifford is absolutely a dog. <laughs> giant, giant dog. Um we took a turn from Airbud. Clifford in his in universe, I'm gonna have to keep it to his universe. Um, great tricks, emotionally intelligent, does a lot of dog stuff. I couldn't beat him in a fight; <laughs> he'd kill me. Is um, that in your wolf wolfometer? Is if you could beat the dog in a fight? <laughs> what? No, no, it's just something to think about. <laughs> this is the one dog no, that you can't beat in a fight. <laughs> Airbud could probably kick my ass too. <laughs> I'm gonna give Clifford the dog an eight out of ten on the wolfometer. Um, and I don't know why. We have 
nothing to go on. Uh, uh, such a dumb concept. <laughs> Why couldn't we have done Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally arbitrary, man. I don't. I have no metric other than how I feel. You know. Uh, man. Eight. <laughs> Eight wolves. Eight wolves. Okay. It's fair. Um. I'm going to try to think about this because I'm still forming my woofometer. As Jay said, Clifford is indeed a dog. Mm -hmm. Fictional one, though. He doesn't, he's not a fair representation of dogs in our world. He's kind of an idealized version where he's, he's large. You can make tons of money off of him and he's hyper intelligent. Um, so it does prominently feature him in almost every scene, but there's a lot of scenes. There's, I don't know, there's some scenes without him, though. Because, like, there's the scenes with the ferret. He's, like, talking about money and shit with the circus people. And uh, it doesn't seem like Clifford is, like, the... Um, his character doesn't seem like a motivating force in the movie. Like, it seems like Ferret's kind of driving a lot of the plot. And Clifford's kind of along for the ride. Um, it's really... <laughs> I'm trying to objectively measure uh, my dog meter here. I think... You know what? I'm going to go with my gut feeling, okay? I'm going to go with my gut feeling on this. I'm going to give it... Seven. Because it's a movie about a dog. If you like dogs, you'll like this movie. And it has Clifford in it. Um, takeaways. The reason why it's not a 10. There we go. Here's the, This is why it's not a 10. It's because it has too much of the ferret who's not a dog. And too much humans talking. And I don't think... It, it, maybe it's because it's a cartoon. I don't think it's it's like... It's not as dog-ish as like Air Bud. You know, where, where you just... You have a real dog. That's why it's a seven. Mm. Seven for me. Brian, take it away. Okay. I, I'm going to go off that. I think that um, along the same lines, but I'm going to maybe come to a different conclusion. I think that this movie had Clifford in it more of the time than Airbud was an Airbud. But the time that Airbud was an Airbud, I was like, oh my God, that is a dog. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm watching Clifford, he could have been a cat or he could have been a different animal and the, i don't think oh. the plot would have been all that much different right um yeah. so i think in that way i'm going to give it a lower score because this doesn't he's so much different than a normal dog that this almost isn't like a dog movie it's about a giant animal movie like the, the oh. premise is that he's hard to feed because he's a giant animal not because he's a dog, right? Like, zoos have this problem, but dog owners don't. So I think it was less of a dog movie. And also it was animated. It was awesome seeing, like, a, a physical dog. Um, I understand that many dog movies are animated. But I think I'm going to have to go with a five. Okay. Partially cut down for volume. Partially cut down because it wasn't all that doggy. And partially, like, when... When Clifford was on the screen, often I wasn't looking at Clifford. Clifford wasn't doing a lot of stuff. It was right. all the other guys doing backflips. Uh, if you notice, Clifford's biggest act in the dog show was catching the other animals who were actually doing the tricks. Mm. Mm. True. So this is what he's not even as cool as Airbud. <laughs> he was a supporter. So, yeah. Like emotionally, he was. He yeah. Yeah. So For I every don't know. I think I get. I think I said five. That's a word that came out of my mouth. Sure, let's go with that. 
I think you bring up a good point, and it was a point that I I actually couldn't think of why I felt this way, but yeah, like it's you could have replaced it with like a parrot. It's like that's a big parrot. How do you feed right. that thing? Hmm. And it wasn't like a dog. Like he didn't. Like are there dog things he could have done to make it like chase his tail, take big dookie. He wolfed a and lot. And be like, oh. What? Yeah, there wasn't much barking. And the wolves like were a... really weird. Compared to the sounds from every other portion of the movie, the barks were like, woof, woof, woof. I think it was John Ritter who is the actor, like, actually woofing like a dog. Respect, man. He inhabited the role. There was... Okay, because there... the movie's rated G, right? And it's rated G for violence, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he said that in the beginning of the movie. Um... Could there be like a PG or PG-13 movie, like you guys said, with a live action even that's coming out soon? Maybe when they have one dookie scene. One big red dookie that oh, neighbor steps shit. in. <laughs> yeah, you get one F bomb in a PG-13 movie. Oh, fuck. I step in this fucking piece of giant shit. Oh, I fucking hate having him as my neighbor, those pieces of shit. And that's that's kind of the only reason. <laughs> Everything else is. Uh... Could there be a um, like a like it is it? Could there be like a, a gritty reboot of Clifford where he um cusses and does drugs and sometimes kills? Yeah, like the weird deleted scene from Airbud. Yeah, from where the cut. he sometimes kills when he has to. You know where he's like, um, maybe a superhero like saving the day. Like those cops at the end of the movie. He just squishes one, right? Wait, what? And, what? No, I'm, this is hypothetical. And wait, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I remember this. I remember those cops. The other imagine, movie. I mentioned Clifford. Yeah. You know, there's like 20 cops like bearing yeah. down, which is really kind of a weird section of the movie. But like, imagine he just squishes one like a steamroller oh. going over someone, and like, it's like accidentally. No, on purpose. Oh, and oh. looks and stares at them, and it's like, you're next. Oh, and he's like, let me whoa, go. whoa, whoa. Oh, but he can yeah. point. Because... <laughs> I was thinking, like, if Clifford accidentally like steps on a car and and then like it leads to like a big like meeting in Congress where it's called like the Clifford Accords. And they're talking about like should should he live on an island by himself, away from the public? Oh, that's the plot of the movie. He's on Bone Island by himself with a bunch of people who signed uh, agreements where it's the, they can't sue. He gets mushes. Or it's like the Truman Show. Yeah, and that's why they have cameras set up all around the island, and there's a TV show about Clifford. Oh yeah, that actually get work because then you don't have to trick the dog. It's just a dog. <laughs> Doesn't know what TVs are. You just want to get into our movie reviews. Is <laughs> <laughs> there a review of this movie? Sure. sure. Basis first. Yeah. Um, I started laughing uncontrollably about 10 minutes in because I realized <laughs> that how much I was enjoying this movie means that I'm a giant man child. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was hilarious. Also, I was high as balls. So <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There it is. Um, I think that uh, I think I do. Th I think there were some issues with it and I'll talk maybe to those first. In the yeah, in the final act, when you introduce the the crubby, cruddy businessman and his daughter and the stealing of Clifford, I think they were just maybe throwing darts at a wall. Like there could have been a more relatable and 
better ending movie that would have been feel good for children instead of businessman steals dog and and the movie's so short that it kind of is just a weird ending um in that he tears up the con- tears up the fake non-legally binding contract oh you can have your dog back haha <laughs> um i think that was like the biggest thing that got to me artistically like from a visual standpoint i thought the movie was pretty good i liked how they did uh the characters and the characters to the background thought the backgrounds were beautiful the st- i thought the stunts were hilarious um as far as like enjoyment from watching a cartoon i think we all grew up probably watching the looney tunes a bit and there was a lot of yeah. acme-esque humor in this movie like all throughout it so if you're an adult and you watch this it's kind of relatable to cartoons that you watched when you were a kid and that pumps it up. So um, I loved when they did the heist scene and they listed off everything. Uh, like he talked about, he was like, can't even remember the joke. He says, do you, do you have the movement device or some shit? And they hold up the unicycle. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, um, and he's like, and he's like, grab my hook. And you don't know if there's actually going to be a grappling hook. And the dog picks up a hanger. <laughs> He's got a hanger. And I, was, I laughed. At, I, I laughed at that. They had a lot of jokes they hit for me. I think when you compare it to like... I'm not going to watch it again. When you compare it to some other movies, it's, it's probably above average for me. I probably enjoyed this more than quite a few other movies we watched. I'm going to give it a 7. Um, and then I'm going to give it with the stipulation that if I had a child, I'd probably give this movie a 10. I'd rather watch this movie if I was using it as a method to keep a child like happy. I would recommend people put this on because it's not stupid, lowbrow, just like, you kid movie. There, there are some jokes that hit. There are some jokes that come out of nowhere. that are like sideways that you have to, that are like, oh, wow, they put some thought into it. So I think they did good. And it did great. $70,000 budget and they made $3.3 million. The movie did all right. So seven for me on the movie meter, just because, again, we're watching a kid's movie, but it was enjoyable. And then, like, I'll probably, I'm going to tell my friend with a kid to watch this once his kid is, like, three. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that was a very fair review, Jace. I'm struggling, like, you know, with a similar dilemma um where you know like is this is this a really good movie if i was three like if i could if i could put my mindset temporarily into that of a three-year-old you know maybe take some a psychoactive drug and and put myself in the brain of a toddler would i think this is you know if i if i was three would i think if this was a, a really compelling movie um as an adult watching it i i was there were things i could appreciate um i thought the writing was good for a a movie with preschoolers in it. Um, I think it, it taught some nice lessons that maybe weren't weren't like too toxic or too like meme in a way that I think that some movies try to go. Um, the animation was beautiful. The soundtrack was kind of fun. There was some fun scenes, but as an this is the issue. As an adult watching this movie, I don't I don't have kids or anything, so I don't normally watch movies like this. I was like, oh my god! Like with as soon as I turned it on. You know, when I once as soon as I saw like the opening scene, I was like, oh, God, this is a movie for like tiny children, not even like a Pixar movie. This is like for really young children who don't have developed brains. (laughs) Like, 
you know, it, it, like w the way people pause after each line and then the next line starts. Like there was just these, it, it, it kind of felt jilted and unorganic, um, but that's probably good for, for preschool age kids. Um, so with that in consideration, for me, just for my own enjoyment, I'm going to put it down the middle. I didn't dislike this movie, but I didn't necessarily like it. I, I, I was kind of falling asleep. Five, a light five. Um, light five. Like what Jay said, if I was a parent or a three-year-old, this this is a fucking ten. It's a this banger. is a, a banger. <laughs> this, this might be the Citizen Kane of of uh, of three year old movies. I could say nothing bad about it. I think kids will love it. I would have loved it because I used to read Clifford growing up. I think it was, it was a, a great adaptation. Um, three year old ten, um, adult Denali five. So, um, I I think I really do agree with you guys. I remember doing my Airbud scale, and I remember saying. I don't know how good dog movies can be. Right. So I'm going to maybe edit my scale a little bit. Like, I don't, I'm going to leave room at the top end for obviously if we get this like out of nowhere star yeah. movie. But to me, this movie was pretty good. It was better than the stupid comedies we watched from the actual real adult <laughs> actors. <laughs> It was better than Surviving Christmas. It was wow, better. Big coming from you, right? I thought you really liked Surviving Christmas. I did. It was. I would rather rewatch this than watch Surviving Christmas. I would oh my rather God. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> rewatch this than watch yeah. almost any Matthew McConaughey movie, <laughs> especially the ones that tried to be funny. Like, geez, Louise, not Sahara. It's on that <laughs> level, just because of the length. Right? Like, if I was forced to watch one of these again, oh. I probably would say Clifford over Sahara, just because Sahara's twice as long. So if you're forced to watch a movie, you're thinking of purely of just quantity of time, not necessarily enjoyment of time. Well, if, if, if someone is like, okay, Ryan, you need to get on with your day, but before you get on with your day, you have to watch one of these two movies. I'm choosing Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. So you'll save, like, a half hour. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh... I mean, like I said, I, I laughed. I laughed a lot. And I think the biggest down for me is the end of the movie was unsatisfactory. I'm, I'm going to pitch an ending. Like, what if okay. instead of he was dog napped, what if the government came in and was like, hey, this dog is destroying <laughs> people's houses and is trampling all over the neighbors and peeing and killing trees and all this kind of stuff. Like, we have to, we have to step in. We're going to take this dog away. And the community shows up to the courtroom because we're going to get another courtroom scene in every movie, apparently. <laughs> and the community shows up to the courtroom like an airbud and is like, no, we love the dog. I don't care that my fence is broken. I don't care that he eats treats without one iota of respect paid to me as a human being. I, we want him in our community. We love Clifford. And the court's like, well, who can argue with that? Smack the gavel. Like, I think in that way, it would have been a nice emotional resolution. And so that's honestly, I can't believe I'm saying it, but that's my biggest qualm with this movie. Um, wanted a big courtroom scene. I wanted the big courtroom scene. He um, wanted somebody like to be like kaiju-esque, like there's Godzilla fins rising out of the water and the, like against the setting sun on the horizon, and oh. and, like, dun, dun, dun. and then it goes boom, boom, summer, boom, boom, 2022. I did. Yeah. I was. They did have a little movie. bit of a kaiju scene with, with Clifford. A, yeah, coming out of the ocean, right? Yeah. The, the fishermen fall over in a funny way because they like jump in each other's arms. They're like, whoa, and they fall back when Clifford yeah. comes out of the water. And... So I'm going to go ahead 
It's not as good as Airbud. Mm-hmm. Let's I put think, that out there. Right. Unfortunately, I think it's better and worse than Airbud at the same time in different ways. I'm going to go ahead and do a seven as well. And I think that's totally fair. And I'm not going to think about it very much. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The issue is, and that's, that's a good, that's a solid score. Um, we leave room at the top. The issue is, is like, we saw the greatest dog actor and athlete of all time perform in Airbud. The one, two punch of dogs. I, I don't I can't think of any other dog actor I, can, I I know besides maybe the dog from Lassie, but he's like a classical actor. And, you know, so like it's hard to measure up against that, you know. Um, but with that, you guys want to pick our next dog movie. Do you want to actually pick it? Because, <laughs> boy, oh boy, guys, I, I think I want to actually have some autonomy here. We need to do the wheel. I've got the wheel open. Guys, I can't do another kids movie. <laughs> do we want to add any movies to the list or take any off? Okay, I wanted to see Cujo, man. I wanted to see like a a good, fun for adults dog movie. So let's take some shitty dog movies off the wheel. Okay, yeah. Okay. Can we can we do that, Jace? Can you screen share and let us look at the wheel? All right, audio listeners, we're looking at the at the clicker wheel that we use to pick shit. Um. <laughs> Guys, okay, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm gonna say this right now. I can't fucking watch Air Buddies next week. Okay, yeah. I can't do it. All right, we need to. T- we have to do I an adult know. movie, a movie one for movie. adults. One movie, and then I can watch Air Bud again. I can watch Air Buddies after one adult movie. Okay, so someone write these down so that we have a list of all the dog movies we want to do. Fudge, man. Oh, there. In- this is the list. Well, I know, but if we edit this list... I still have the list. Okay. Okay. How about this? Each one of us gets one veto right now. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game, okay, okay. Each one gets one veto. And if we double up, yeah. we, on, we only remove that movie once. Oh, we get one veto to remove a movie oh, okay, from yeah. the list? So if we get, like, Air Buddies four times, then we, we have to We only remove Air Buddies. Okay. Am so I, wait, wise. am I spinning the wheel, or are we... Oh, yeah. well, I thought we we spin, and then if it gets to a movie one of us doesn't like, we can veto it. Oh, I was thinking just right now, each one of us chooses one movie. Oh, okay. To take off the list, guys. Okay, okay. You know what? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, a lot of these are kids' movies. So many kids' movies. Can we throw in just some normal dog movies, man? There are not dog movies. There are made for none. Dude, there's there's fucking Togo, a dog's purpose, Call of the Wild. Like there's there's some there's some shit in here at least. Okay. Who sure. wants to veto first? Let's not do the whole secret thing. Let's just who wants to veto first? Put White Fang in here. Um, I'll veto first. For just this episode this next episode. That's it, okay? Air buddies. Watch it later. Air buddies or Definitely. space buddies, because that's not even an option, man. Okay. Um veto space buddies. No. Yes. Ryan or Jace? I don't have anything to veto. Oh, wow. I'm throwing my veto us. out the window. <laughs> Jace. <laughs> um, can you scroll down, please, Jace? Oh, no. Dude, I don't want to have... veto Beverly Hills Chihuahua, but I also don't want to watch it. No, we got to watch Lady and the Tramp or fucking Snow Dogs. Jesus, man. Can we just... There's a lot of... Okay, there is a lot of, like, redneck Alaska dog movies. Can we throw yeah. some of those in there? Like, no. I don't I'm think we should need... add to the list at all. 
I'm going to veto. This can't just be our list, though, because there's a lot of really popular dog movies that aren't on here. I'm going to veto Beverly Hills. There are a lot of popular Matthew McConaughey movies that we didn't pick and we didn't watch. And we set a list of stinkers in our state of the podcast. What's the point of having the picker wheel if we're just going to add new movies to it every week? I thought we were using the picker wheel if we were indecisive. Oh, I thought we were using the whole season. We veto Beverly Hills Chihuahua for me, please. I do not want to watch that movie. I'll watch a different air, but I don't give a shit. Okay, guys, we can't even see Cats and Dogs 2 Revenge of Kitty Galore. Which vetoing the okay. crappy movies we don't want to watch is a good compromise. It is, because in, in two fucking see. weeks, you're going to be like, I don't want to watch Cats vs. Dogs anymore, and I put it on the list. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> I just feel like we should open up our options because I'm thinking of our audience, man. Okay, Fuck. what if Fuck every it. week we we get rid of three and we add three new ones? Or is that too much? Is it permanent? Is it permanent that we're getting rid of these? Because I do want to watch them back the next week. Oh if, man, if you, too much of a system, man. If you disagree with someone's veto, there's no disagreeing with vetoes. So if you disagree with someone, you have to spend your ad back to add the movie back in. What are we, fucking Congress, man? You're the one that wants to make rules about adding stuff in. I'm just the one saying an actual feasible way to implement the rules. I have altered the deal. Pray that I do not alter it further. DMCA! <laughs> okay. Can we spin this freaking wheel? Okay, did you... Uh, okay. Alright, guys. How are we spin... How are we, what's the system, though? Is it one spin and that's our movie? That's we're what doing we did last spin week. For, for drama. I think one spill is, spin is more dramatic. That's true, because there's 13 inputs on here if we just... Yeah. Oh, God, guys. <laughs> okay. One spin, and that's going to be our movie of the wheel. Oh, man, there's so <laughs> many bad movies. That... Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, oh here we go. go. Oh, my God. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> no dogs! Okay, audience, it is... Tune in next week for Snow Dogs, when we're hitting the trail in our hometown of misspelled somewhere in Alaska. Uh, I never wanted to watch Snow Dogs again after I saw it when I was, like, six. I was like, this movie uh, was so bad. Oh my god, I gotta watch... I do not dog. disagree that I want to watch a good. Oh, like we did, kind of watch a. I want to watch Cujo, man. I this really is bullshit. Watch Cujo. <laughs> okay, well then, I'm. Okay. I like the suspense because odds, odd is, you know, odds are that Cujo has a very good chance of being picked, especially if you choose not to add other movies in. I'm gonna start smoking because of this podcast. <laughs> okay, you know what? No, this is fine. This is fine. This is great. We pulled the trigger on. We we knew this could happen if we if we voted a dog season. Um. Well, with that, join us next week with um. Who's the actor in Snow Dogs? He's pretty famous. Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. with his with his very good dogs, um, who talk according to the trailer, um, <laughs> in in Snow Dogs. And they're real dogs. They are dogs. Okay. Yeah. Join us next week for Snow Dogs. <laughs> Please help us. We're only three episodes in. <laughs> Uh, in the doghouse. I am just begging to get out of here. You know, I want to point out the pattern. The first two seasons, our third movie was always the best movie. 
seen Snow Dogs, though, dude. Like, I know it's not good. <laughs> we had Gone Girl in season one, and we had Interstellar Shit. in season two, oh. Snow Dogs in season three. You're right. We should watch Cujo. <laughs> Was Clifford our Gone Girl? No, Clifford's our surviving Christmas or our paycheck. It was our, our Armageddon or our uh, Gog. Oh, you're right. So, so well, I mean, so go- in number, number wise, I think that the fact that we've all well. seen Snow Dogs. <laughs> Who the fuck put it on the list? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what, Ryan? I love it. Okay, Finale, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, man. Um, great. Well. Thanks for thanks so much for joining us uh, this week, folks. Um, if you didn't watch along with Clifford, um, I hope this maybe convinces you to to maybe give it a, give it a look. It's it's free on Amazon Prime right now. Um, give us a follow on Twitter. We are at GBGB Podcast. Give us a follow on our Instagram. Good boys gone bland, and of course, you know, throw us a review if you haven't already. Throw us a, a subscribe. And uh, recommend us uh, to somebody. Let's see here. We we had you guys recommend it to your boss, your office rival. What's who should they recommend it to this week? Their neighbor. And we already do neighbor. Ooh, we already did next door neighbor. Do that um, anyways. Maybe your other neighbor next door. Yeah. Or your pastor. What about your What about your text door neighbor? Send a text message to someone with a number one off of yours. Oh, oh yeah, they love that. <laughs> People love that. Be like, hey, check out this podcast. Uh, that'll be good. Jace, I like Pastor. Tell your cool youth pastor to check out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're losing thanks, it, folks. We're losing it. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. This is great, though. This is why we, we formed the, the, the podcast. Is we were going we gonna to marathon things until we, we either die to love. <laughs> we're marathoning until we lose our minds. Um... Or, or learn to love the actor as Ben Affleck. I'm still not quite sure if I actually loved Ben Affleck, um, or if it's because my brain coped with having him there so much that I no, for him in you did love him because I oh. didn't fall in love with Matthew McConaughey. Oh right, mm. but I did with Ben. So yeah, I didn't fall in love with. I, we, I mean, we talked about this in the state of the podcast episode. I didn't fall in love with Matthew McConaughey, but there is a lingering comfort that Matthew McConaughey now lends me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And when I think about him, there's a positive emotion that comes up, and I have a constant McConaughey voice in my head guiding me through life. So I think that's something. And maybe at the end of this season, we're going to turn into dogs. (gasps) Or maybe we'll love dogs. I already like dogs, though. Check check out episode 10, where Ryan wears the dog furry suit that I buy for him. (laughs) We're gonna start wearing those. You remember those like shirts where it has like the dogs who are like doing cool stuff? You know, where it's like it's like is it the big dog shirts where they're like smoking a joint and like riding uh, a BMX bike? They're talking about three wolf moon. Oh, Ooh. there's that there's those, but we're gonna become one of those those people with dog shirts. Anyways, join us next week. Good <laughs> boys gone bland, season three, episode three. No dogs. Oof, oof, oof. A woof! Are you woofing over there? Are you woofing? Oh! 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 Oh!